0: Hi, welcome to season seven, episode five um, of The Dark Side of Marketing. I'm Mary Abazia, and with me is Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam. We are. Hi, hey. everyone. Hello. We're with Impact Planning Group, and um, we're fascinated with this topic because. We see that there's so many uh, different ingredients that make marketing great or not so great, and so we have been delving into great examples to share with you and kind of look at it from all angles. Um, This week, we're talking about uh, propaganda, and Sean, I think my biggest question is how is propaganda different than marketing or advertising?
1: Well, at one level, it, it's it's not different at all. Um, propaganda, if you like, is the art of sharing information in an attempt to persuade, to represent something in its most positive or or negative light, sometimes, and it's designed to create a more emotional than rational response. So, in terms of its communication process, it is the same as as marketing. What makes propaganda? I guess, different is, is typically the subject matter or the ideology more commonly that it's that it's promoting. So we've seen recently, certainly over on this side of the pond, we had uh, a couple of years ago, four years ago, now, the big Brexit debate and all of the information that was coming out wasn't thoughtful, detailed, deep information around a complex subject. It was take back control and flags being waved everywhere. And let's save the money we send the EU and fund the NHS instead, which sounds like it would be a nice thing. And that's what appeals to people. But once you look any further than beyond the headline, you realise that it's absolute nonsense, that there is no money to be saved and that money that is being saved will not find its way into the health service and so on and so forth. So propaganda has become... I guess we think of it more in, 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 in times of war, at least I do. I think of those posters, the the Uncle Sam, you know, wants you for the US Army with the pointy finger, that sort of of, um, of propaganda that, that drives a national effort towards in a war. Um, and you'll see it on, on, on all sides of the conflict, right? The Germans in the Second World War would have had their version of propaganda. They actually had a ministry of propaganda. To spread those words so when we think of it in the dark side we're, we're really thinking about the message itself that's being promoted puts propaganda on the dark side and incidentally propaganda only attained its negative sort of connotations this past century historically it was just a, a matter of fact way of of spreading something, of propagating something. It was uh, the Catholic Church in the 17th century used coined the word to promote and propagate the faith. So it's only become negative because it's been hijacked by these, uh, these dark sides that want, to, want us to uh, support or, or vote against our best interests. So to answer your question, Mary, it's not different. It's the message that counts, which really throws it back to us to think about what is it about good propaganda and by good I mean it it achieves its goal that we can take back control and and put into the hands of of our marketers. What are those elements do you think?
0: Tom you want to take that one?
2: Well I think it's the emotion the emotional appeal that uh, that propaganda exploits and you know that can be used for good. I think what propaganda is often light on is supporting logic. And I think in business, it's often said that emotion attracts and logic persuades. And so in most situations in in, in business, if it's a higher involvement product, so I'm not talking about chewing gum or, you know, a candy bar. I'm really talking about, B2B purchases or higher ticket purchases, you need more than the emotional appeal. But if you don't have the emotional appeal to go along with the logic, you're probably at, at a deficit. So what I, what I think the, the good marketer can learn from the dark side is how to use emotion and logic together to make a really powerful argument that both attracts and persuade doesn't just attract. You know, I
0: think that um, that's a really good point because when you think about a lot, I mean, we work with so many engineers and um, when they get excited about talking about how a turbine works and and they think that that's gonna be the way they're gonna sell it to the market, Um, it is refreshing when they, when the light bulb goes on for them and they go, Oh yeah, I kind of need to make sure I'm appealing to the emotional side, or at least some of the other benefits beyond just how it functionally works. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that, you know, it it is actually an interesting twist to think you've always have to have good propaganda in (laughs) your marketing. And the other part of what I think Sean said was, is, is it was a mass distribution, you know, the Catholics did it to to spread faith. So the, the channels that propaganda uses, I think is also very interesting. They did one-to-one marketing, basically, they went out, you know, the missionaries went out and talked to everyone face to face. And they had the orators in Greece that, you know, when they were doing their propaganda, they were, they were great at standing on rocks and <laughs> telling people what to think. So, um, so I think the channels are, are, Uh, industry in a very interesting way of thinking about way propaganda works too.
2: Hey, Mary, before we go to the the channels thing, I do want want something that you said reminded me of of, of something that I also wanted to to throw in the mix, because you started out talking about how engineers can get excited about turbines. But what I think is really interesting about B2B marketers is oftentimes they fall into the trap of saying, It's all about the logic. It's all about the rational mind. It's nothing about this emotional stuff is is for consumer goods. And we did do a study in 2018 of the the positioning statement taglines of the top 20 B2B marketers. Every single one of them had an emotional, surprisingly had an an emotional appeal in their taglines. 20 for 20. And so I did wanna just, before we started, I think the channels thing is a very interesting topic, but before we got onto that, I wanted to mention that because it's something that we've done recently that surprises the heck out of those engineers and maybe starts to get them to realize that they do need some elements of the the propaganda approach to to, to go along with the very logic that supports their uh, products and services.
1: I think on that topic also, Tom, the other element that I think separates some of the worst aspects of propaganda from some of the best aspects of marketing messaging is how we treat the the positives versus the negatives. You'll see quite often in propaganda that they'll try and scare or guilt people. They'll use negative emotions. There's There's a classic one from the First World War what what was known as the great war at the time obviously because they didn't know we were going to have a sequel at that point and that there was a picture of a of a, a sort of suburban dad sat with his kids and one of the and the, the the speech bubble from one of the kids was what did you do in the great war daddy just totally trying to guilt people into thinking i'm going to have to account for my actions at some point mm. um in the brexit debate there was a post that had this 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 cue line of people going off into the distance essentially say in the country's full mass immigration has to stop i mean none of it stood up to scrutiny but it was a very powerful and negative image and something we find with marketing is, is 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 you have to use negative very judiciously you know you can use negative as long as it's firmly wrapped up in a positive you know you can show a little bit of risk as long as you're offering salvation or some sort of preventative measure when you think of IBM, when they said no one ever got fired for hiring IBM, there's an implied fear of hiring the wrong contractor could cost you your job. But the main message is positive, like, hey, relax. This is IBM. We've got this. And it's an important differential, I think, that positive tends to sell better. But there is a place for the negative. It's just finding that balance. At least that's my experience. Do you agree?
0: Well, I, you know, there's actually studies on that, you know, where you, it's a curve, a response curve. And um, like if they said, this is your brain on drugs, you know, it's kind of like there was no other, it's like, wow, I'm in trouble. But there was no solution provided to whereas you know uh friends don't let friends drive drunk you know so it has to your point so i guess i am agreeing with you and it's but it has a solution part of it too so that exactly. you don't get screwed you know it's like oh man that's a bummer um and you know even we want i want you and then it a like, go to your local recruiting station so there was a you know y- you could do something about about feeling guilty so you have to have both sides of it or it just people are like deer in the headlights and they, they just don't do anything.
1: Yeah. I guess it depends on the mix. Doesn't it? I like the idea of this is your brain on drugs. I'm trying to think what my brain on drugs would be like. It'd be like me wandering around at three in the morning, looking for a 24 hour garage to buy some, candy I, I imagine i have no knowledge of well, whether was
0: two eggs being fried in a pan and you know <laughs> that was yeah, that must, was the
1: image <laughs> i must have missed that i was just playing i was playing my own tape in my head then um <laughs> yeah i think that's true isn't it that every positive is essentially representing a, a negative if it's unsaid or unstated like be happy is positive and of course the implication i guess somewhat is don't be sad so there's always that other side of the coin. And I think that's the key is finding that that little balance where you accentuate maybe the positive. But there has to be that underlying um, danger of some description. Even that friends don't let friends drive, drive. It's a positive message. Friends, good people, don't let people do stupid things. The implication is if you do let them do stupid things, it's going to end in a world of hurt. So, And,
2: and, and that is, I think, the formula, right? because I'm going to bring up one that has both elements. It has fear and hope, and this is apolitical, okay? But make America great again. There has been a politician that has been recently voted off the world stage, we think, as of this. That was
1: still disputed. Is that not sorted yet?
2: (laughs) As of this, right, again, the, the hopes are fading fast. But, you know, think about that as probably one of the 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 most uh, effective appeals that we've seen in 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 recent times um because it had both of those elements right there was a fear that you know hey uh, this great country is slipping off the rails and here's the positive vote this person in and you can make America great again. Got 72 million votes. Unfortunately, the opponent got 76 million votes and, and the electoral college math worked out better for the opponent, but you know, we even wrote our only political, well, one of our few political articles ever about, about this back in the primaries. And we predicted that, uh, of 2016, I should say, going way back, we even predicted that Trump was gonna win not from our own personal political biases, we don't talk about those, but from the fact that his opponent, his Republican primary opponent at the time had did nothing to appeal to people's emotions. It was Jeb Bush had a very terrible positioning. And we said, watch out, this positioning is, got Jeb kicked out of the race. And it's probably, unless somebody comes up with a a better counter-argument, is probably gonna carry Trump to the White House or at least to the primary victory and which did lead to the White House. And it was just because of that brilliant combination of hope and fear in one message that no one else came up with uh, an effective counter-argument to it, at least in
1: 2020. I think when you look at that, it's, it's a timely reminder because when we're talking to people, particularly engineers and scientists that really don't like the, the, uh, the, the, the fluffiness of some positioning messages of trying to accentuate this positive or try to engage an emotion, it seems alien somehow. But if ever you want an example of it working, because a lot of people, most people will say, slogans have no effect on me. I, I'm not swayed by advertising. We know empirically that is just not true we are all affected by that which we've seen here on a regular basis. Now, however you need to convince someone, that's a really good point. Regardless of your political hue, if you recognize that simple, powerful messages with hope wrapped around fear can drive people to act en masse, then that's a perfect example of it.
2: And I think that to put in a plug for, for our book, I think in our book, our, our chapter on positioning we talk a lot about, you know, how you, be, how you can be effective in, in that environment. We talk a lot about how, um, you know, you have to be very aware of your competitors positioning because you cannot position on the same thing that a, a strong competitor has already effectively positioned on. It's very difficult. It's kind of trying to wedge your car into a parking spot that's already there. What we do in the book talk about a number of ways that you can you know, think about what's owned and unowned in the marketplace and figure out how to, 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 to find a spot, a positioning spot that is unowned and also powerfully reflective of what you can do well as a company. Um, but there, but it, it, is, it is something that requires, I think, more work than a lot of, a lot of marketers put, put into it.
1: Yeah, it's a simple output, isn't it? The output is like here's three words, and it took us, you know, a thousand words to get to those three words. It is a, it is a pretty big, a long effort, but but usually worth it if you can if you can engage that spot in the customer's mind that resonates, that that pings, if you like, then it's worth the effort probably more so than a uh, bigger return than most other things you'll do in marketing to be honest the, yeah, it seems
0: like propaganda also has um it is a very simple message and you know the phrase the more you say the less you say I, 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 that's why I, I think the the good side of propaganda is it's crisp and it gets right to the heart of the matter and you know that's that that's to your point what we work so hard to find that those elements so if you can turn propaganda into something that is, you know, not gonna destroy the world or, or a person, <laughs> and it's actually, you know, the background on it, there's actually tests on propaganda. Is it propaganda or not? And there's models to test if it really is propaganda based on who's paying for it and what the, the true motive is. So you, you can always put it through some filters too. So any closing thoughts, Tom?
2: My closing thought is, is that what you can learn from propaganda is that you need to build emotion into your B2B marketing and positioning. I think you probably have the logic there and that's probably the world that that you live in. But build emotion into it by finding the values that you're appealing to, but also that aren't already owned by your competitors. Be honest with yourself, what is the competition own? Find something that that is open that also, you know, you can serve well in terms of appealing to a certain emotion. Combine that with your logic and you have a recipe for success.
0: Sean?
1: I'll I'll leave us with the the, the words of David Hume, an 18th century philosopher who said, uh, reason is a slave to the passions, meaning that their rationality is always subservient to our emotions and if you remember that in any messaging you do you won't go far wrong
0: wow wow um so we of course hope that you have uh, thought about your world differently and and maybe some of the propaganda that you are experiencing or that you might want to consider in in some way <laughs> and um you can hear all of our podcasts at the accidentalmarketer.com website or really anywhere you can get your podcasts and we We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. you.